Data science is becoming an ever more visible and important part of our lives, with universities around the U.S. working to create or strengthen data science programs. At the same time, there's a growing recognition of the need for data science outreach, particularly in order to reach underrepresented populations. Data science outreach is the focus of this episode of Stats and Stories, where we explore the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics. I'm Rosemary Pennington. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Joining me are panelists John Baylor, Chair of Miami Statistics Department, and Richard Campbell, Professor Emeritus of Media, Journalism, and Film. Our guest today is James Dickens, Professorial Lecturer of Mathematics and Statistics at American University, specializing in data science. His areas of research interest include the usage and application of the R programming language and the infusion of Python as a learning aid in standard math classes. Dickens is also involved in American's data science outreach program for secondary schools in the District of Columbia. James, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I was hoping we could start our conversation just asking you to explain how this outreach program got started. Well, this outreach program got started Uh, due to the efforts of a former colleague of mine, Jane Wall. Uh, At that time, she was the director of the data science program in the Department of Mathematics and Statistics at American University. She brought me on board. This is her brainchild. And uh, I was brought on board uh, to help and assist and uh, provide needed uh, insight and participation so that the program can get off the ground and ultimately be successful. So what, what's your background, James? I mean, how did, you, how did you get into this? This is, you know, I don't think people are, are jumping immediately into the kind of outreach to secondary schools in terms of data science, despite how, how, how uh, important this work is. Well, that's a good question. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wanted to be a, a professional baseball player as a, as a young lad. But uh, that didn't uh, materialize, and um, I tell a joke to my students every semester. I have one thing in common with Michael Jordan. When he tried out for the basketball team in the 10th grade, he was cut, and so was I. (laughs) I started in secondary education. As a matter of fact, I worked as a mathematics teacher and a school administrator in the D.C. public schools for 30 years. It was a great career. I officially retired in 2011, got bored, and ventured into higher education. I had, you know, a master's degree, and uh, eventually I did earn a a Ph.D. in mathematics education, and so started my second career in higher education and taught uh, a number of mathematics, uh, different mathematics courses and statistics courses. And uh, primarily my work in statistics was the gateway to data science. And Jane, uh, Jane came in my office uh, one day and said, James, we would really like for you to teach these are programming courses. And um, 
I was uh, formally trained in SAS, mm-hmm. and uh, R was new to me. And uh, I said, Jane, you know, I think I'm getting too old for this kind of stuff. She said, oh, you can do it. We need you. <laughs> and so um, the rest is history. Hey, James, I, um, I started my career as a high school English teacher in the Milwaukee public school system. Oh, okay. And I did that, I did that for five years, and I coached. But I also remember the challenges. I, I was teaching ninth grade uh, American lit classes with reading levels, reading levels third grade to twelfth grade, and this was a most. It was an inner city school in the Milwaukee public school system, so I know some of the challenges. Can can you talk a little bit about challenges you faced, just as a public high school teacher uh, dealing with math and and uh, I mean I know what it was like uh, with reading levels uh, from that time. But maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the challenges high school teachers face uh, teaching math and stats. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, when I started, I started, I was very young. Uh, Maybe I was 23. I was a year out of college. That's how old I was. Oh, gosh. And I was so (laughs) green. Uh, (laughs) Look, I'll tell you a story. Um, I went to uh, a small college here in Washington, D.C. initially. It was the uh, D.C. Teachers College. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends were older, and uh, uh, some, of, some of them would tell me, well, I've got to do my student teaching next semester. And I was so naive, first-generation college student. <laughs> and I would ask them, well, why would you do that? <laughs> and, and, and because, well, you know, I thought the college was named after a guy named Teachers. As I got a little older and uh, started advancing in my studies, uh, it finally dawned on me, you're being trained to be a teacher. And so uh, (laughs) uh, actually I had a double major, business education and mathematics, but there was really no need there was no market for business education teachers in secondary education. Um, I always taught mathematics. And uh, I started at a, at a junior high school, and I was so green. I was so young. The kids just played all kinds of games. <laughs> and, uh, it took, I would say, Richard, it took, uh, about two years to really understand uh, what I was into and what I should be doing as a teacher, uh, motivating students, um, applying discipline when needed. Uh, that took time. I would say because I, I worked there for two years and then I transitioned to a high school, uh, I would say I really felt comfortable uh, after about four years. After about four years, okay, this is what you really should be doing. And this is how to do it. And by the way, I became a much better teacher when my kids became teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think uh, teaching in secondary education, elementary education, kind of tough to do if you don't have instincts with regard to how to handle kids. Uh, some people are gifted. Some people are gifted, but um, I benefited from all of the training that they offered. I went to every PD and uh, I read every book on classroom management and on delivering the subject matter correctly. So uh, I, my success was a product of training. So, so James, let me follow up on that. You know, so in 30 years of experience in teaching math at the secondary level, you know, my, my vision of that or, you know, in terms of my own experience was, you know, there's a lot of, you tend to see flavors of algebra. You see some geometry, you know, maybe there's some pre-calc, maybe some trig, some other topics, very little statistics. So I, I, I also confess something here that there, I took every math class that my, my high school offered except one. And the class I didn't take was the probability and statistics class. Because <laughs> I, I didn't think it sounded like it was all that interesting to me at the time. Yeah, so, so of course, that's, the, that's where I'm going to end up. I also swore I would never be a teacher after my mom was a teacher. So, you know, there are lots of, lots of things that I've sworn that I would never do that I've clearly gone back on. But, you know, the, the point is you didn't really see kind of data as part of the story. You didn't really see data analysis and statistics as 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 being explored. So, I mean, you've, you, you experienced kind of a career at secondary level where you had kind of this one framing, and now you're getting involved in promoting a very different kind of, of investigation and exploration. You know, what was, you know, what was the kind of the, if there was an epiphany or a, you know, what was the thing that changed your, your, your interests or kind of energized you in terms of this new direction? And what's the need that you saw in terms of changes to the high school, sec the secondary curriculum that, that kind of is being addressed by your work? Uh, the opportunity to introduce our programming in particular. Uh, what I have noticed teaching our programming courses at American University, those students who have previous or prior experience in our programming or computer science uh, in general, they progress much faster, deeper, and richer in the classes uh, that I teach. That's what I've observed. But the students who are exposed to that kind of technology, uh, technology, the R programming in particular, when they're, they're exposed to it for the first time in a college class, it can be very challenging for them and it can be somewhat of a struggle. Uh, we teach our programming from the bottom up. And as a, as a matter of fact, we advertise it as a, as a course that uh, you need no previous experience in the language. But if you have previous experience in the language, John, I've noticed those students uh, have a much easier time with the experience. And uh, the transition is much easier for them. So uh, the opportunity to uh, expose high school students in the D.C. public schools to our programming is very exciting. And when they um, make the transition to higher education, those who decide to do so, uh, they'll have a leg up. They'll have a leg up and the experience will be less intimidating for them. 
Hey, James, are, is this is this mandated in the uh, D.C. public schools, the data science classes, or are, this, are these elective right now? And what do you think about mandating this if they're not mandated now? I have uh, ongoing discussions with the director of mathematics and computer science in the D.C. public school. And he is very, very excited about this. He's very excited and very supportive of this partnership uh, to uh, introduce our programming to high school students. Uh, at present, uh, to answer your question uh, directly, Richard, no, at present it is not a requirement, far from it. Um, what the high school students are taking at this point, uh, those who are not on the calculus track, which is, which is most of them, uh, what's being offered now is a standard probability and statistics course for high school students. So uh, in theory, uh, you take your three years of math, you need one more year of math to graduate, and what's being offered to uh, many high school students who aren't on that hard STEM track, pre-calculus, calculus, is this probability and statistics course. And Gabe said, Gabe said uh, that that course needs a shot in the arm. And um, he, he said that uh, approximately 1,600 high school students take that course every year. So, but, but I look at this as a great opportunity, he, and, and, and so does he. Uh, let's, let's infiltrate, let's infiltrate and teach and expose students to elements of data science through that course initially. And ultimately, uh, I have the support of DC Public Schools. They, they would like to uh, establish a pure data science course. So at present, no, but uh, that's the plan. You're listening to Stats and Stories, and today we're talking with James Dickens of American University about data science outreach. James, you talked a lot about what's going into this class, but how does the outreach program actually work? How are you getting getting the material into the classrooms? Okay, uh, our plan, we're, we're just starting, but our plan is to work through the teachers, through the teachers who are on the ground. Uh, we are very fortunate this year. Uh, we are benefiting from uh, a grant from NASA. And NASA has a data science uh, focus and, and emphasis. So we're grateful uh, for the funding that we have. Uh, we were able to uh, pay the tuition for six public school mathematics teachers, uh, they are taking our programming courses at American University free of charge. And so um, our, our hope is that, of course, uh, they, are, they are being trained. They are going to be trained. Uh, there will be continued training. And they will return to their respective high schools and uh, expose their students to elements of data science. 
So, so you're training the trainers to, to send them out into their into their, their schools to, to try to have that sort of multiplying the impact of the work. Uh, yes. are, are, are the teachers getting professional development credit? Is this sort of a no, part of the uh, no, no, no. Now, now that's a part of our broad program also. But these mm. teachers are getting graduate credit. They are taking okay. a formal graduate oh, course. That's great. That's great. In data science that features and focuses on our program. You know, the, I think this sounds this sounds really interesting. Now, what? So when they get back to their schools, I mean, you're you're, you're teaching tools. This I think open source software tool is, is an outstanding strategy. But they're going to have to have computing in their classrooms. They're going to have to have access to computing in in all their environments. Is that is, is there are there any challenges about kind of the, you know, I know a lot of times when, when you seem like using the calculators in, in stack classes, one idea was that's because it's just it was easier to, to, to have for everyone to have that. It, do you have any concerns about using mm -hmm. like the, the software tools that about students maybe having access to the computers to be able to run them or are they running them at the, doing all the work at their schools? Now, uh, John, uh, that's a good question. And uh, we're not out of the woods yet. So um, those kinds of things will have to be figured out if we're going to be successful long term. Now, uh, I'm 10 years removed. I retired in, in 2011. But um, it was the case at every high school, you, had a, you have a major computer lab. And uh, teachers, ha teacher, teachers have the option uh, of uh, scheduling students to their students to go to the computer lab uh, during the day and during the week. So let's say in theory you have a class of 20 students. All right, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, you're in the classroom, but Thursday and Friday you're in the computer lab, wherein uh, students have access to high-speed. Uh, high-capacity computers. Now, uh, of course, um, the D.C. Public Schools was totally virtual this year, totally virtual, yeah. no face-to-face -face instruction. So the students have laptops. Many of the students, yes, many of the students have let the uh, school system uh, loaned the students' laptops. Uh, of course, the teachers have D.C. Public uh, school issued laptops, uh, so we'll just we'll just have to um, be patient and see how this is going to play out. But that's a good question, uh, John. That's uh, that's uh, a a potential hurdle that we'll have to negotiate. Ideally, you would want the students to have access to the technology daily, but. I think the, the students are kind of used to using laptops and um, th they were moving in that direction uh, when I retired. Um, many students brought their own laptops to class. Uh, but that's a good but that's a good question. Uh, but I'm I'm uh, positive and hopeful about that, about that element of the experience. The, the trend is. Uh, technology, 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 and teaching through technology. Hey, James, on just on the the regular kind of high school curriculum, when you when we start talking about data science and statistics classes, 
And we've had a number of guests where we've talked about should these things be required in high school? Should they, you know, something's got to give. I mean, my, my own view on this as somebody who's a journalist and was an English teacher is calculus has to give. <laughs> Do we need calculus? <laughs> you know, so I know in many schools, calculus is sort of like the, if we want to get rid of students, make them take calculus, they get a D, they will flunk them out of the major. If you want to get rid of college students, <laughs> make them take calculus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So... I mean, how do you make room for statistics and data science? These seem so crucial today, particularly at a time when people, you know, we have all this anti-science stuff going on and anti-data. How do you make room for these things in, in a curriculum? How do you, what's your argument for this? I feel it's built in. A student in the D.C. public school system and in many of the local public school systems, they need four years of mathematics in order to graduate. They need four. And it's also the case they need more electives than they used to be required to take. So uh, I don't see that as a problem at all. Uh, there's room for a data science course. Uh, the, the typical high school student does Algebra one. Geometry, Algebra 2. So that's three. Now, back in the old days, uh, you were finished with mathematics. They added a, another math requirement. They added another math requirement. So now it's four, and it's a natural, it's a natural opportunity, I feel. Many students, as I said previously, take... Uh, this standard probability and statistics course as a graduation requirement. So one of the things, you, you know, you're talking about this, and I, I think a lot about the other programs. There's like the International Data Science and Schools Project, IDSSP.org, is talking about some of these ideas and, and trying to actually build a data science course at the uh, secondary level. And that was that's a that's was an international effort trying to think about you know with with all sorts of different access to technology in fact and it sounds like you've really embraced a particular type of kind of if we up get kids into engaged with the technology in these in the high school level it kind of maybe in, uh, encourages them to to do more with this so you know as as I think about this what what do you, you know, I'm I'm trying to think about okay success in this program would look like what and I and I would see you know I'm thinking. So, so if you would you consider this grant, you consider your effort to get the you're teaching the teachers, you're training, you're empowering them to go in their classrooms and teach this. What are your hopes for the students in these classes in terms of the outcome of having been exposed to this? Uh, if students can enter the realm of higher education with our programming under their belt. Our programming, best case scenario, our programming, and Python. If they enter university with these experiences and these skills, uh, John, they are much more competitive. They are much more competitive. Uh, if you're kind of, you know, fledgling and kind of try, trying to find your way uh, for the very first time with programming languages, because 
there's a lot you have to be comfortable with in order to uh, succeed in a programming course. Things like, uh, you know, files and folders and paths and directories. You've got to have instincts for those kinds of things. Uh, if you don't, it's going to be a, a much more challenging experience. But when they walk into these college classes and they have some previous experiences with these programming languages, what I have what I have uh, uh, noted is that those students have an easier time transitioning. So that's what success looks like for me. As a matter of fact, I'll be transparent. Without R and R programming, the the, the outlook for uh, data science uh, wouldn't be as positive, in my opinion. I think the programming languages R and uh, even Python, to some extent, uh, they are keys. They are keys to getting this off the ground. And then you can start talking about uh, data wrangling and uh, web scraping and stuff like that. Uh, but without the R programming, uh, it would be much more difficult uh, to be an advocate for this. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Stats and Stories. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's thank been you, my James. pleasure. Thank you, James. No, thank you all. Thank you, James. Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, or other places where you find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.